COVID-19, one of the questions that's come up over and over again from clients to the Digital Ready Coaches has been, how do we tell our stories in this environment? It's almost like the same experience of grief. People don't know quite how to enter into the story. And if their story is one of good news, it feels like a weird time to talk about good news. And if it's a vulnerability or uncertainty, it's hard to tell that story too. I'm Dr. Digital for the Digital Ready Program podcast, Business as Unusual. And today we're going to be really unpacking PR in a time of COVID. How do you tell those stories? What's happened to the PR landscape since we've gone into this completely unpredictable new world? And how do you get those stories out? Is it through the usual channels? Are we using digital and traditional media? We are going to find out. I asked a good friend of the Digital Ready program, PR head honcho Jules Brooke, to tell us all about it. Jules is a PR maven. She was the founder and she is the founder of PR company Handle Your Own PR, which is the first digital platform that allowed small businesses to take control of their own PR, saving a ton of money in the process. Jules knows everything there is to know about PR, so we got her on the program to tell us about how do businesses tell stories right now and what is that landscape going to be looking like for the next six months. Jules, a lot's happened since we last featured you on the Digital Ready podcast. So during COVID, post-COVID, what does the PR landscape look right now from your inside of you? Well, it's funny you should say that because since COVID, what I've realised is that the media... Well, firstly, I think we all know that more people are watching TV, listening to radio, reading podcasts, blogs, online, etc., etc. So the audience numbers have grown. But from the media perspective, the PR agencies have peeled off because a lot of them have closed their doors and shut down for a while. A lot of the big clients, so big companies, have run scared basically and gone, oh my God, we don't want to say anything at all because we might say the wrong thing or whatever. Or we've got nothing good to say, so we're not going to say it. So what's happened, I think, is that there's a gaping hole and a need for more content than ever um, sitting there since COVID. And what I've noticed from myself and all the people I've been working with is that the stories that we're sending that maybe would have got a small amount of um, space in a magazine or a newspaper are now getting two thirds of a page. What you used to get in the Herald Sun is now going Herald Sun, Daily Telegraph and being syndicated. So the opportunity right now is absolutely massive for companies to build some awareness and profile. And I guess I've been out there posting recently going now, exactly now is the time you should be doing it because what's going to happen is people are going to come out of this with no agency or no supplier for this or whatever, because people peeled off and they're going to come out and go, who's the person I can think of? What agency should I use? What company should I use? Where should I be buying my coffee? What's the last thing I can remember? So really people need to go out and build their brand now so that people will be thinking of them when they're ready to spend some money later. It's so interesting you say that, Jules, because I've had a lot of conversations during this time yeah. through the Digital Ready program around we don't know what to say because we're worried we're going to say the wrong thing. or And particularly, like, we don't want to tell a good news story when there is a good news story because everyone else has got all these bad news stories. Uh, I disagree 100% on that, <laughs> which I know you'll love. Um, basically, because to me, there are loads of stories that you can tell. People want stories anyway good and bad. And I mean, even based on what it is that you teach, we know vulnerability is not a bad thing to be sharing with people. But 
if, if you stay away from that completely and you just start thinking, what have I got in my head that I can use to help other people? And I'm kind of like, whether you are an accountant, whether you are a um, coffee shop, whether you're whatever, share what it is that you know. And that's your opportunity now. So you don't have to talk about good or bad stories. Start talking about intellectually, this is how I can help you. So I'm telling people how to do PR right now. Um, there will be other people. And if you think even of the really big brands, so you think of Subway and you think of KFC, they're pushing out their recipes at the moment. Now, I reckon if you'd said a year ago to them, would you ever make that public? They would have gone, no way. But what they've realized is that if they do those recipes and people start making them at home, not only do they get that flavor at home to think, oh my God, you know, it tastes like the real thing. But also I can't wait until KFC Subway or whatever is open and I can buy one. But in the meantime, I'll do this. And I kind of understand the, um, the effort that's put into it as well. I mean, there's a whole lot of positives that come out of sharing your expertise right now or helping people. So that's my big tip is we've all got things we can help other people with. We all know stuff that no one else knows. Go and share that stuff. Oh, I so totally agree with you, Jules. And that's always been my response is that not knowing what to say, it's like someone's died. It's that same grief response that people don't, they don't want to say the wrong thing. So they end up not saying anything. And my sense is like, what's the most basic thing your business does? We don't know that. We want to see behind the curtain. We want to that's get right. that sense of what's the day to day. And so, you know, the idea of someone unboxing something for me is like, this is fun. What do you do behind that health food store or behind that fashion store? Exactly. Exactly. And the other thing is that people don't think that people want to know their stuff. And I would put to everyone, and I think I may have said this in the last podcast that we did as well, but if you go out socially and you say to people, this is what I do, they will always have questions for you. You know, if I go out and talk about PR, people go, what does that mean? What is PR? Or do you have to pay the newspapers or whatever? So I can turn those into articles. I've worked, I was working with a garlic farmer a couple of years ago and she went, well, what can I say? And I'm like, I don't know what kind of garlic goes with what kind of food, how long it lasts, um, you know, how to store it best in the house, how frequently I should be using it, what to do when those little green sheets come up. There's five articles straight away. And I mean, there's everything from window cleaners who go, well, what can I do? Well, you could tell us when is a good time? How often should we be cleaning our windows? What's the best product to use to make it streak free? I don't know, but everyone has got expertise that they can share. Everyone from garbage collectors to milk bar owners, right the way through, there is always stuff you can share to help make other people either avoid making mistakes or just give them more information or how to choose something. Jules, how do you define PR now? Has it changed? Uh, yes, I guess, it, look, it's, it, the media itself is changing. So for me, I'll just start with my basic kind of definition of PR, which is about getting stories and articles in magazines and newspapers, blogs, websites, whatever they might be, and you don't pay for them. So you're offering content that's useful to other people. So they go, oh, that's a great article. I'm going to put it in my newsletter or on my website or I want to interview you or whatever. So that's kind of what PR is. And what is happening in the media these days, I think, is it's broken. It's been broken for a couple of years now, if not longer. And we're seeing that. And it's just, I think, been hugely exaggerated by COVID that things like commercial television don't work. That model of, let's, let, I'll watch this show, but the penalty for me watching this show is I'm going to have to watch blocks of five ads at a time you know, and they're going to hit me every five or 10 minutes through the show, I now have plenty of other options. I don't have to go and go through that. So the media is, I think, breaking down and about to be rebuilt. 
I think that blogs and podcasts are really probably the way going, the way forward. But what's happening at the moment is we've got lots of little micro sort of channels, I guess, media channels opening up. So my gut feeling is that they will all get amalgamated and people will go, well, where are the best lifestyle blogs? Let's put them all together and turn that into an online magazine or something. I, um, I also work for what is really new television now. So I'm working for Ticker TV. Ticker is, in, by all senses, everything that you look at, you would think it was Sky Business or a commercial TV channel. But actually, he hasn't had to pay for licenses. He hasn't had to pay for distribution. He doesn't have to pay for staff. So it's a whole new model with much, much lower overheads, but really great content. So, and if, you know, you, we're going to have ads on that, we're going to have very blatant sponsorship. Guess what? Such and such a company is sponsored. I've asked them to come onto the show to explain what it is they do. So I think we're going to be much more real. And I think that's coming out in not just the media and everything. I think people are you know, that, that word that was around all the time that actually got completely overused. There are two words, I think, through this. One is authenticity. If I hear that one more time, but in the same breath, that's exactly what I want. I don't want anyone to be telling me rubbish stuff anymore. I want people to be telling me the truth. And I don't want someone giving me a puff piece about how great their business is. I want to know exactly how they helped someone. So I think what's happening is bring back the humanity into things. Stop thinking that it's interesting to anyone that you've launched a new that you've got a new book or that you've launched a new business or that you're having a sale. We don't care about that. We care about how it affects us. So to me, and I was speaking to an author yesterday and she was trying to do the usual, here's my new book. It's been launched by so-and-so. This is what it covers. And I said, I bet that doesn't get picked up, even though, you know, that's maybe a little bit too brusque, but I said, I bet it doesn't get picked up because what will get picked up is when you start talking about what's inside and maybe you make your chapter heading into a headline and you, and you uh, rewrite the content that's in that chapter and explain to us what it's about and how it can help us. That's when it'll get picked up. And I said, you've got 15 chapters. So that's 15 media releases you can send out straight away. So that's just an example of how I think it'll work. But I think it's kind of no bullshit media these days. It's like there's no point going out with a puff piece that we know isn't real. People can see through the, you know, between the lines. So be real, offer advice, be helpful. And, and the media will do whatever the media is going to do, but it isn't going to stand still and it's not going to continue in this model is my gut feeling, you know, um, moving forward. That's such an interesting insight, Jules. I was interviewing Gabrielle Osborne on the podcast last week and we were talking about TikTok and she had a really similar insight into saying that, we're all sick of the fake beauty and grooming on Instagram and everyone's life's perfect and everything's flat laid so perfectly. And she said that for now, while TikTok is still a kind of evolving unknown and it's quite raw, we're seeing the quirks of humans. And I think That's COVID right. has shown us our quirks. We've all gone outside in our boots without our makeup on and suddenly we're like, why did I ever wear makeup to start with? Like, that's kind of dumb. And I feel like that's layering now into the way we communicate. That's right. I actually uh, did a rant on my TV show almost exactly about this last week because there was a woman uh, recently on Facebook that I know that's a woman who has a bit of profile. She, she's done a bit of TV presenting and she got a message from someone that said, really, you very, need to be careful because what you're doing at the moment is so transparent and you're really going to damage your brand. And I had to get on my high horse and go, are you kidding me? She's creating a brand that's actually got legs now. I mean, nobody, you know, one of the other things I read through COVID is that 
Louis Vuitton, whatever that company is that owns it, the LMVH or whatever, their sales are down by 95% during COVID. And I'm like, I have no doubt about it at all because no longer do we care about what something looks like. We don't want you. There's no point buying a $20,000 or $200,000 handbag if no one sees it. So, Isn't that interesting? Because that's basically saying that it's only through the view of another that that has some value, which says a lot about who we are as a society. And, and that really is why people like the Kardashians had such a huge profile in the pre-COVID times. And I would expect that they will spiral at some stage and crash land in a big way because I don't think we care about those kind of people anymore. Those people that are all about, you know, how you look in makeup and how pretty you are and, you know, what handbag you carry. Jules, do you think storytelling has changed since COVID? Are we creating and crafting stories differently now? And I mean, I think you've alluded to that already in terms of that, like, how does it help people? Can you just expand on that a bit? Sure. I mean, I just think that in the same way that what we've been talking about, you've got to be real with people. And there's a lot of people that in the past and probably now to some extent think that their intellectual property is so precious that they can't share anything with people because people might go off and copy it or they might steal that idea and go off and do it. And I think hopefully what's coming out of this is be real. You know, tell people that you've had problems. It comes back to that beautiful um, video of the guy on Sky TV who was being interviewed six months ago or a year ago where his two children came running in and his wife came dashing afterwards and people in tv land were a bit all a bit you know and there was in the media a whole bit of poor guy fancy you know now his so embarrassing has been, has been shattered and now it, we are all doing it and you are actually seeing in fact there was a great article i saw from tracy spicer who's a tv presenter but you're seeing people like i don't want to see your hair straightened and ironed and you looking perfect. I want to see you looking a little bit frazzled so that you, I can relate to you. And I think that's how the media is going to change. I think it's all about being relatable to and that you need to be a real person rather than a, a doll or, you know, a Ken doll or a Barbie doll, doesn't matter which sex, that it was just also fake and false. Yeah, I, I love this. I mean, I like this new world that you're creating for us, Jules, very much. <laughs> now, when we spoke for the podcast before, you were really clear that businesses needed to form relationships with journalists, get to know them and know what sort of stories they wanted so they could pitch them something that was sort of shovel ready in a media sense. Is yep. that still how we're doing it? Is that landscape moving very quickly now with the media organisations changing quite a lot? Uh, no, I actually think that is actually more important than ever. Um, it is the relationships, but it's also your content. So what's happened with less journalists working is that they really now definitely need articles that are basically written so they can cut and paste them. And I think that's going to happen more and more because they haven't worked out their advertising model or how they can monetize this media with no ads. And so until they do, they're not going to be able to put the journalists on. So therefore, they're going to rely on people providing them with content that they can use. And the better you are at writing for their readers in a way that their readers will relate to, the more likely you are to just be constantly picked up as a regular contributor. So yes, it is about building relationships. It's also a lot about understanding the media outlets that you want to target and kind of understanding them enough that you could almost put on a journalist hat and say, okay, these are the kind of articles they write, so I'm going to write one like that doesn't have to be the same topic but that's where you'll get picked up really really easily i think the old model of 
and, and obviously for news, this is slightly different, but that old model of let me call you, let me tell you what my idea is and you'll go off and write it for me is, go, is not going to work because people just don't have the time. There'll be one big story that they'll do per day and there'll be 10 stories that they need to come up with and nine of them will come from other people, I, I believe. So how would that work practically, Jules? So would I be writing an email to Jules Brook at HYOPR saying, Jules, I've got five things I'd like to do stories about. Here are, the, here are the headlines. Here's a couple of dot points under each one. Are you interested in any of these? Or would I be sending a fully written piece saying, I've done this, are you interested? So I do both. I would write an article because until a journalist or an editor can see the way you write, they're not going to be comfortable that you write well. Um, so I think my trick or what I say to people is write a full article only needs to be five or six hundred words So we're not talking about an epistle. We're just talking about <laughs> something that will get people interested in what you're doing and then on when you send it through to the journalist I, I think it's really important that you say Here are three or four other topics I could write about and then they'll go. Okay, so they write well I don't want this story, but I'll have that one or I love this story and I'm going to ask for them to do other ones but I think that's, and the other thing that seems to be happening, particularly at the moment, um, is that if you write those articles, you may get it picked up multiple times by different outlets. And so a couple of the people I'm working with at the moment have been picked up five to nine times with one article. What they're doing though, is they are offering at the beginning to say, do you want me to tweak this slightly so that it's right for your audience? And, and what they're saying to me is that, nine times out of 10, the journalist or the editor comes back and says, yes, actually, I love the article and it's perfect for our gym users slash whatever it might be, but could you just rewrite it a little bit so that it's specific to them? And I think that's, so the, the trick would be in practical sense, dear journalist, here's my article, here are three or four others I could write. And if you want me to tweak it slightly for your audience, just let me know and I'll do that for you as well. And I think that means your article should have legs. It should go further. Um, so therefore you're left with newspapers and the news media is slightly different. They will always want an exclusive. So you will never find a newspaper printing something nine times. Um, and the newspaper you are, there's two ways you can do it. One is to do the pre-written article, do it short because they may rewrite it. They may take parts of it and put other bits in. Um, and the other thing is to just ring a newspaper and pitch the idea and then say to them, do you want me to write it? Or have you got a journalist that would like to write it? So, I mean, they're, again, be real. They are human beings. They'll tell you. You don't have to be so worried that you're going to ring them and blow your opportunity by asking them a question. Uh, I think the, the trick is to just say, is this a good time? So, you know, they're not on deadline. And then say, have you got a couple of minutes? I just have something to ask you or something to pitch. Pitch your idea to them. And then you can say, you know, if they say, oh, look, I love the idea, but we haven't got enough staff, or I love the idea, but we're going to have to push it out, say, would you like me to write it for you? I love this, Jules. And we often say to people in the program that one of the benefits of getting picked up by a media outlet digitally is that that footprint for your search engine optimization is really, really long. So mm, then yeah. when I'm searching for, you know, acmejulesbrand.com, that comes up, the article comes up, and every other paper or every other blog that's syndicated it brings it up as well. So that's right. you, you write it once and you get the distribution for years to come. That's right, absolutely. And Google loves media outlets because Google is, you know, and I'm just going to put my complete layperson kind of perspective on it. Google likes two things. It likes lots of traffic and it likes a changing content. And if you think of media outlets, that's exactly what they do. So... I have articles that I have written in the Sydney Morning Herald or The Age digitally 
that still 10 years later come up if you search for my name. So they do have a huge um, footprint. They are exactly what Google's looking at. It gives you huge credibility. It positions you as being a leader. And right now you're gonna get massive cut through because hardly anyone's doing it. So it is the perfect time to position yourself as a leader, practice in the media. They're much more likely to help you get through because they want your content. Um, and get ready for when we come out of this and you're going to be, you know, head and shoulders above anyone else. So what does a roadmap look like, Jules, for businesses who want to plan some PR for the next few months? Do you need to create things like roadmaps or strategies when it comes to PR or is it better to just sort of have an idea, boom, send it out there? Well, look, if once you are used to doing it, I would say have an idea, boom. I've got plenty of people that go, I've had an idea, I've just whipped it out and I've sent it out and I've had three people pick it up already. Um, but if you're not used to it, I think that would terrify a lot of people. So what I would say is actually sit down with a calendar and block out, let's say you want it for the next six months and go, where are we now? We're in May. So you'd go June, July, August, September, whatever, through to December. And then think about what happens in those months and how you can relate them to your business. So there are obvious things. There's Father's Day. There's end of financial year. There's Melbourne Cup Day, whatever it might be. Now, you, if your business is targeting women, you might go, well, I haven't got anything I can say for Father's Day. But you just twist it and you just go, give, um, give dad a break by helping mum or whatever it might be. So there's always a way to do it. Then think in your industry, are there key times? Are there messages that you would normally put out at key times? And then you want to sort of keep an eye in the media as well. And in social media, uh, are there anything trending at the moment that I can jump into? And just loosely plan, okay, this month I'm going to talk about spring is in the air. So let's talk about how, you know, PR, it's a great time to try and get PR over the summer if you start doing it in spring. Or, you know, end of financial year is new financial resolutions. It's about really a new year. And really for most of us, this new financial year is almost the beginning of the year because we haven't been let out. Um, so you could be talking about that. You could be, so yes. So you basically start thinking about things specifically that you can talk at that time. <coughs> so you've got an idea for each month and then you can do additional ones as they strike you because something's happened that you just want to write. But I would say to most people, try and get at least one media release out a month that you can plan ahead for. And then one maybe that you do in the middle of the month, every, you know, every second week that you just send something out that, wow, I saw something in the media today or this sale happened or this customer used us and got, you know, such a great thing. I really wanted to share it, whatever it might be. So fabulous, Jules. There's so many nuggets of wisdom in there. Any final thoughts from the insider of PR to share with us and with small businesses for how they can get more PR for themselves? Well, I guess um, I would just say, give it a go. Like, really, there is no point thinking about it. Just do it. The other thing is, do not feel bad if someone says, no, they don't want it. That probably means that, you know, they may have done a story earlier. It might just be bad timing. It might not be for them. So do keep trying. And the other thing I would say is it is a numbers game to some extent. So try and send it out to a few different media outlets. Don't just send it to one and hope that they'll take it. And if you're not sure what they are, here's my little tip. Go to isubscribe.com.au, which is a magazine subscription platform, and they break it down by category and go into business, technology, women, whatever they are, see the magazines and newspapers that are in there and use that as the beginning of your media contact list. If you don't want to come to Handy Your Own PR where I have them already. <laughs> ah, Jules Brock, thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. 
Some fantastic tips from Jules Brook from Handle Your Own PR there. Let's just recap on the take-home messages. Get a strategy together. Cover for maybe 12 weeks. That's probably long enough to do the first cut of what's going to be the type of stories you're going to tell over the next three months. Think about your industry, what some of the key dates are, what some of the key events are, and think about the unique stories or the unique knowledge you've got that you can turn into an interesting and snappy and informative piece of writing that can go to a blog or can go to an online media outlet or maybe even go into print or be featured as a TV or radio story. Think about who you can make connections with at the different venues in your jurisdiction in terms of journalists and producers. Reach out to them. Send them a fully written copy so they have a bit of an idea of what your writing style is like and if it's going to suit their publication or suit their venue and you're good to go. Don't be held up and caught up in, am I good enough as a writer? What am I going to say? The best thing to do is just map out a few ideas, start writing them, get some advice from a friend or someone you trust to let you know if that story is readable and interesting. Have a read of the types of material that are being featured on the sites that you would like your PR piece to be on and make sure it's got the similar kind of flavour and then send it out and hope for the best. You will strike gold eventually and when you do, I cannot wait to see the stories of your Tasmanian business out there in the world. I'm Dr Digital for the Digital Ready Program podcast, Business as Unusual. Thanks for joining me and I'll see you next episode. The Digital Ready for Business program provides Tasmanian small businesses with access to targeted knowledge, advice and assistance to improve their online presence and skills so that they can seize the opportunities presented by digital technology. For more information or to book a free online session with a Digital Ready coach, head to digitalready.tas.gov.au or check out the Digital Ready Tasmania Facebook page.